Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, people of the world? How y'all doing out there? SKD here. Hope everything's going well. Y'all staying safe and sound, what have you. Uh, my apologies. For this is actually a show I wanted to do much hours earlier, but with distance lear- uh, learning in terms of teaching and stuff like that, it just gets really draining. And I was actually asleep when my t- show time came on because it's just been a long week. And, you know, now with having to work with students who didn't want to do work last semester, it's just a lot more work and it's been very exhausting. So I know I got a few emails from y'all making sure I want to check to make sure I was okay because I have been dealing with an injury for the last couple of days. It's always going to be something new, right? So, but you know, I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. You know, I'm sorry to where you are and I'm sorry for those who have missed out. Actually, I can see a lot of y'all just came back. So I really appreciate, you know, we got, man, we got people here in Hawaii, we got people here in Australia, New Zealand, what's this other spot over here? Some spots in Europe, Africa, you know, what's going on, people? Make sure y'all stay safe out there. Make sure you stay, you know, to yourself and just make sure you keep an eye on people these days to make sure they're doing okay because it's really sad out there. You know, today's show is a war of the world, a war, war of the words. And, you know, as President-elect Biden is uh, set to be sworn in 12 hours from now, actually be nine hours because the time difference or however you want to put it, um, we have to, we, we, we can't do what a lot of people are going to do and conveniently forget what's transpired up until this moment. I don't know if that makes sense for everybody. And by that, what I mean is we have to take a look and ask ourselves, okay, because right now a lot of people are like, well, yeah, okay, that's great. You know, we're going to like, we got rid of Trump and he's out of office. Yeah, I'm getting straight to the point here. We got, we got rid of Trump and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's out of office now. We don't have to deal with him anymore. Okay. And, and then what? Oh, those Republicans are evil. And, you know, they're, 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 they're bastards, whatever. Okay. And, okay, and, and then what? You know, oh my God, those GOP people, they have no idea what they're talking about. Lewis, and, you know, Trump supporters, and Nazis, and the radicals, and white supremacists, and the, they led an insurrection. We have to fight structural racism. We have to fight fascism. We have to fight white privilege. We have to get the kids out of cages, you know? Okay, and, and then what? He'll be gone. Oh, no, 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 no. We can, we can still impeach him. You know, even though he'll be out of office, we can wait until, you know, Joe Biden or President Biden gets his full 100-day agenda in, and then we can go after Trump. Oh, okay. And, and then what? I, it, it's, and I'm looking at this not as, I'm not, I'm looking at this not from a partisan point of view. You know, I'm looking, I'm not looking as a Republican, as a Democrat, as a Libertarian, or anything like that. No, I'm not. I'm just sitting back and just looking at this whole scenario and asking and just asking myself, how did we get to this point where you can't have a conversation? I've had three conversations with people who I've known, you know, family members and people I've known for years. And somewhere along the conversation, it comes up, oh, do you support Trump? 
It's never due to support Biden. It's never due to support Gabbard. It's never due to support Kamala. It's never due to support Hillary. It's never due to support, you know, Biden. It's all due to support Trump. How do we get to that point? Explain that. I'm just getting right into it. I don't want to go with all the preambles. How did we get to this point where you can't have a conversation about pretty much anything anymore without becoming partisan? Now, people are going to say, yeah, but look what happened at the, at the, at the Capitol a couple of days ago when they attacked democracy, when they tried to do a coup d'etat, when they tried to take over the president. Let me tell you something. When that went down, I believe I was getting text messages from everybody uh, as that was actually happening, right? And I was like, what? Like, like what's going on? Like, this so I, told them, I went to the news, you know, and I said, whoa, what is happening here? And without a quip, without any hesitancy, GOP... Republicans, Democrats, independents, atheists, Christian problems, everybody was condemning that. Everybody was condemning it. Some people were condemning it, though, because what they didn't like for the fact is it was forcing them to answer the question, why are you condemning right? Yes, it's the federal building. I mean, what they what is, that's insane. You know, that's crazy. Why do you want to come in here? A federal property, Congress, like really what you're going to accomplish? But something like being confronted with, with the question is, why is it you condemning this, rightfully so? But earlier, when there was a MAGA rally and people were going to fight, there is video all over the internet, video all over the place. Trump supporters getting, supporters getting assaulted. People going to uh, Trump, uh, MAGA, not, uh, Antifa, BLM, certain members, not all the organizations, but members of the group, whatever, going to the places and setting fires, want to break into hotels, assaulting people. There's video. No condemnation. And then people say, oh, yeah, now it's about what about? It's about what about? No, 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 no. It's about why did you say anything then? When you when riots broke out, no, no comment. There's people protest. Okay, well, then it was a peaceful it was a peaceful rally. Did everybody go into the Capitol? Or did a certain amount of people go into the Capitol? Like a thousand people or whatever, maybe. I don't know how it works or whatever. Was it like an entire group? Or was it like a, 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 a section? It was like some people broke off. Because if other riots take place in the Antifa or some of our BLM peaceful protests, what have you, and a certain contingent wants to go off and riot, loot, and pillage, why is it it's okay to look at those marches and say, well, people protest, but we don't, and say, well, most people aren't part of the march. But everybody saw the video. What are you talking about? But yet when we come over here, we want to indict the entire Trump supporters. We're going in there, not some ruined a peaceful protest or peaceful rally, whatever, but some went in, you know, they all went in there and they wanted to do an insurrection and they wanted to do a coup. I mean, first of all, I don't know what they were thinking about going to the Capitol anyway. And if they want to say, you know, well, you know, President Trump said President Cumber, yeah, he said go down there and rally peacefully. He didn't say go in there and start looting and kidnapping people. I mean, people go in there with zip ties. There's a, there's a clip, it's almost, about, it's almost like a horror movie. There's a clip of a guy of the people entering, I don't know what you call it, the main chamber where Congress speaks. I'm not exactly sure what you call it, but there is there is a clip of this guy going in there and talking, you know, knock knock, like he like like Joker, like it's like it's like a joke. What what, what were these people thinking? Like what were they thinking? That makes no sense to me, right? So the thing is, how do we get to the stage where people we're done? I don't I don't know what to I I don't know what to say because I'm actually a lot lost for myself because I never thought I'd see the day where America is so divided. But people don't want to talk. And the thing is, now all of a sudden we're supposed to be talking about having unity. Now all of a sudden we're supposed to be talk- we're talking about, oh, we need to come together. Oh, now we're talking about let's have an agenda. Yeah, you know, come behind Biden's agenda. Yeah, okay, well, it's kind of funny because a lot of people saying we should have unity are the very people who, who, who for years, 
I mean, Whoopi Goldberg was like the mother to a lot of people in the community. And all of a sudden, like, you know, if you want them, I'm like, oh, Whoopi Goldberg, like, check her out. And I'm like, who's this person? She's just going handle. I remember when Biden got when Biden won the election. And she was she came I wanna play the clip because it was so out there. It, it did it just didn't even sound like her. And she's talking about, you know, we took it for four years and we sucked it up and we didn't say anything and we moved on. So you know what? You have to get over it. Learn from what we did. You have to move on. And I'm sitting there saying, and my friends are watching, we're saying, is 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 she really saying that with a straight face? Like we have to accept this, that they they, they that they didn't complain about this, that they didn't say anything about this, that they had no issue with Trump getting elected, they had no issue with 2016, they had no issue with him beating Hillary Clinton. We're like, what happened to what happened to her? What happened the four years when people want to say really at a loss of the word? I mean I'm not trying to sound like I'm rambling, but really at a loss with him clips for you so you get like, yeah, it's just happy. Yeah, just like, so I'm going to play some clips for you and say, this is where we are right now. I'm, this isn't monetized or anything like that, whatever. This is just, you know, you know, to fall out there because President Trump said with his speech, Biden is inheriting, is inheriting a United States that's in crisis in several countries. Okay? And it's not about we're going to reverse what Trump did. It's about People right now are struggling. And he's in a difficult situation. And he also has issues because some people in the administration are concerned about Kamala Harris across the street and her crew. Because Biden's administration is all the establishment coming back. President Obama's administration, I think some from George Bush. All these people he's been for 20, 30 years. Kamala Harris's um, crew over there in the vice president's office, whatever, I don't know, president's wing or whatever, they're all new people to the game. And I don't mean new people, like they don't know what they're doing. You have like people, you know, new, you know, they're like, a younger generation who have different ideas. So already the, the already the talk is that people are concerned that she's going to be you know, Kamala Harris is going to be more concerned about setting herself up to run in 2024 than actually being vice president. That's what people are talking about now. Already just a bunch of weeks ago. So people are asking, well, why do you pick her then? Why not pick Tulsi Gabbard? Tulsi Gabbard at the Democrat at the Democratic Convention. And the thing is, why did Kamala accept that? The thing with, with Kamala Harris, like, people are asking, what exactly does she stand for? I've asked 20 people over the last two weeks, what exactly does she stand for? That she's an oppressing black. That's what our brother said. That's why she did the primaries. In fact, she dropped out of the, the presidential race before she left California, her own state, where she was the U.S. senator. And, and she dropped Right? So the thing is, why do you pick her? People think it has to do with Hillary Clinton. And felt like some strongest candidate that he or she would be. A lot of people read, a lot, a lot of people think of it that, oh, she's going to destroy Biden. Because when it comes to the microphone, when it comes to, you know, whatever, whatever, she, you know, her, she, he has 40 years he has to argue against. He only has like about four or five years and as, as attorney general, USA. But why do you pick her? Because the people were asking, like, well, wait a minute, during the debates, she calls him to face, you know, that you went out there and you were friends with segregationists, you celebrated with segregationists, you was against busing. Using against all those things, what have you. And the thing is, you didn't like busing, but one day there was this little black girl on a bus who was taking, who was being busted to these, these schools outside her communities, and that, that, that little black girl was me. She called, this, called that to his face, essentially a segregationist. And he really had no rebuttal for that. We were like, oh, damn. Oh, okay. We see what's up. So how was it next year, you know? And remember there was that leaked photo of he had her name, of her having his name, Biden having her name on a sheet of paper that he might pick her. 
how is it she's okay working with him now? So people are like, why do you pick her? She was like, she, she was barely holding. Why'd you pick her? So we're just at this crisis where just nothing makes sense anymore for a lot of, nothing makes sense anymore for a lot of people as it is right now. People are just are frustrated. People are just getting stressed out. People are looking at what's going on around them. And they're saying that, you know, People out there are really struggling right now. People out there are really, kids are going on into, are going into 11 months of being inside their homes with distance learning. 11 months. I have students who their entire family has tested positive for COVID. I have students who are suicidal. I have parents who are like on the edge and their students, their kids are Zoom learning. And yet they're asking themselves, why is our kids can't go back to school? But the you know, Governor Newsom's of the world and the Cuomo's of the world, I don't know what Cuomo have kids, but it's that whole metaphor. How can their, their kids can go back to school? Why do our kids have to stay home? Why is it my small business has to stay closed? Why? But Target can stay open. How are they essential? Well, why am I not essential? I sell shoes. I sell food. I sell products. How come not? I'm not? Why do I have to shut down? Why? So now they're stuck that I was sold. I was selling. I can't sell. And my competition was Target that I was barely, you know, speaking by. They sell the stuff that I sell. So now I have to go to my competition to buy the very stuff I was, I was selling to the people. So now, I'm, I, now I have no income coming in. Now I have nothing. Is that, is that how it's going to work? This is the time we're living in. And this is why I say, how do you, it's these words are going back and forth. Words are going back and forth in reference to what are we going to do? It's the Republicans' fault. It's, 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 they're all racist. They're all neo-Nazis. When Governor Schwarzenegger came out there a couple of days ago, and he compared uh, January 6th to what happened to the siege of the to Kristallnacht, this night of broken glass over there in Nazi Germany, I sat there and said, oh, my God, I used to be like, oh, my God. It's nice and glossy. He has the cut. He drops the music. And everybody's like, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. When well, you want to call the that ran into the place, the white supremacists, the white Nazis, or maybe it's people back and say, we've had, we've had, we've had riots all summer. Nothing's happened. People get they get released back onto the street. Nothing's happened. They get a prosecutors don't want to prosecute. Nothing happens. They get released back to the street. Kamala Harris is raising money for bail for a lot of these riot looters. Anyone remember up there in Portland to the building of where the mayor was the mayor? We did it with the Seattle man. Portland went to the building of where he lives and in the building where he lives. It's on video. You hear condemnation. You hear anything? Fires the furniture in the street. What do you think those people are thinking when they see for four years that they're, they're being told that the person they voted for was election? He wasn't supposed to be there. The Russians helped out. Uh, uh, Vladimir Putin cast a vote. They had people, they had Russians voting as well in the election. They're here for four years. Of course, the sad thing is that someone should have said, hey, you all, it's one thing if we're going to go into the building of the mayor of Portland. That, that's still wrong. But do you really want to go into the, the federal property, the U.S. Capitol, the, the U.S. Capitol building? 
of the United States federal government? You sure you want to do that? No, opportunist. And the police are overwhelmed. The guy was forced to re- was forced to resign because Nancy Pelosi's act. We we'll get there in a second. Nancy Pelosi saying, "Well, he needs to resign." What did he do wrong? Six times he reached out because you know because DC is not a state. The Pentagon, the Army has to give permission for the National Guard to come in. Six times he reached out to them, and they were like, "No, no, no, no," because they were concerned after what happened with Black Lives Matter at least months earlier of the image of them coming in and 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 dealing with people who are who are protesting. This is what came out. They were worried about the optics of federal troops or what have you, U.S. soldiers, you know, National Guard standing from the Capitol. Of course, as my, man, as my man Howard Simpson said, my friend, he said, well, the optics of, you know, people rampaging to the Capitol wasn't any better. He, he reached out. He didn't get any help. He reached out to the people inside, the sergeant of arms whose name escapes me. No, no, no. Didn't get any help. What were we supposed to do? People were like, well, look how they're just letting him in. What were they supposed to do? One guy against a thousand? Some people were moving gates because they were trying to get the people into one area. Before I say, you see, they're letting them in. People are arresting some of the people that was breaking in. They have to walk into a, a secure area. So the numbers of police officers going down. They're like, well, you look at two, look at the two police officers, the two security guys with a MAGA hat walking. Well, that was wrong. I don't know anyone that said that was right. And now the Democrats are saying, I mean, again, this is the part of judges. Like, you know, people say, now the Democrats are saying, oh my God, it's an inside job. You know, the one from, the, the, the one from Colorado with the gun. I can't, her name, her name escaped in a moment, but she has a, 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 a she runs a restaurant called Shooter's Grill, and she's from Rifle, Colorado. You can't make that up. And he's like, ain't no thing when she's like, I'm bringing my Glock with it. I'm like, oh my god. And she beat a 10 term, a 10, a 10, a 10, a 10 term uh, congressperson. What about that? Now they're saying, well, she gave a tour days earlier. Everybody's talking about baseless claims when it was President Trump talking about the election. And we talked about what the actual suit was about. It wasn't about overturning the election, or whatever. Of course, the phone call he's in Atlanta. He definitely again. Sometimes he shot himself in the foot, right? Stay off the Twitter, Twitter in a moment as well. But the thing is, his lawsuit was about, and what people are talking about is in those particular states where voting laws were changed. It was the courts that changed the law, where it was supposed to be the legislators that changed the law according to the state constitution. So if voting laws were illegally changed, those votes can't count. That's what they were talking about. That's what the lawsuit is about in a nutshell. And again, I don't care if you vote for Trump. I don't care if you vote for Biden. I don't care if you voted, if you did a write-in candidate. I don't care if you vote for Bernie. I, I, we don't care. Just vote. But now we have people just being demonized. The Republicans don't control the media. The liberals do. The liberals and the Democratic offenses of the media. 85% of the last study was run by the liberals. Right? You think some people are wondering, huh, why would Amazon kick up Parler when Parler was with the Apple store or whatever? Huh. Well, let me give you a little reminder. Let's go down the Yellow Brick Road, right? Because my memory is a little bit hazy on this part here. A couple years ago, some people don't know, the Department of Defense was putting up a contract for, you know, to go to cloud services and stuff like that. They were putting out a bid. Well, guess who the number one person that was winning that bid? Amazon, Jeff Bezos. So as they was closing the deal, they were bringing the pen to paper to sign. Guess who crashed that deal? President Trump. He said, it's not fair. He said, this is not, not good. So he didn't like it. So he had to leave the Department of Justice investigate the whole deal. Right? That's what he did. So when that was done, he said, we're going to, he said he was pushing on Microsoft to close the deal. Microsoft was about to close the deal. It was a huge, I think it was a $10 billion contract, whatever. Jeff Bezos was just, he was just really irate. He was upset, right? I don't understand. 
but a, a, a court, I believe an appellate court, overturned the lower court decision. So the deal ended up going to Jay, to Jeff Bezos' Amazon. You think Jeff Bezos has never forgotten that? Go online, go take a look, go pull it up. Jeff Bezos versus Trump. Jeff Bezos, animosity towards Trump. Amazon towards the white, animosity towards the white. Go look it up. You think he didn't forget that? You think there's some random thing out of the blue? Carl was, was the number one, was the number one um, app in the number in the app store. And especially when President Trump said, I'm going to go to Parliament, it skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. So what happens? Apple comes down and says, well, they're not moderating some stuff in their platform. And we told them to moderate. So we're just going to uh, kick them out of our app store. Wow. As any, for any other that's been on Twitter, you're going to tell me you've never seen some outrageous. I mean, right now, I believe the Chinese government can still post on Twitter, right? I believe uh, the, the uh, Iranian government can post on Twitter, right? But I'm getting away from that. Let's come back. Well, Apple kicked off Parler. And then when other companies say, hey, we'll host you, they turn it into a laughing about face. You know, Amazon apparently controls, or essentially controls 60% of the cloud service business. Microsoft has has 15%, and the rest are like, you know, whoever, whoever, whoever. Who do you think Twitter's rival was? It was Parler. Parler was killing him. Right? The guy from Twitter did an interview, I believe, on Joe Rogan with Tim Pool. And it became very apparent during the interview that the guy from Twitter really had no clue of what was happening at Twitter. I think he was forced out. I read someone that he actually co-founded the problem. I could be wrong about that. But essentially he was essentially he was forced out. And then he came back. But now they're like, okay, well, how much part does he really have? And essentially some of his reactions, go watch, I think, on Joe Rogan with Tim Pool and the gentleman from, uh, from Twitter, his name escapes me, and he had someone else on Twitter as well. Wasn't really aware of some of the things that were happening. That's what it was becoming is becoming biased against conservatives. It's being become it's become favorites towards towards the left. But then what happens more so what, what goes on is that when Parler got when Parler got essentially deplatformed out of the app store, you know, for Apple or whatever, the guy from Twitter put up a comment. It was a, it was a jab at Parler, and people were like, oh, well, this is funny, but. How much money did Twitter lose in valuation when they when they um, Trump when they banned him permanently? Now again, we'll get to we're gonna do an episode on censorship and things like that because this stuff is getting out of hand. Like I was telling my students today, this is really really getting out of hand. What's happening these days with so many you know people being kicked off? They're part of their, they're not allowed to speak. They have to be very careful because they might come back. So people are what people are watching what they're saying on their own shows, and I watch a lot of uh. YouTube videos and you know, commentary and things like that. Twitter lost $34 billion in valuation. Then Facebook turned around and they, they well, the Facebook was very interesting. And again, I'm a couple, this is a war of the worlds. They, they deleted the, the group, walk, the walkaway group. It was like we have a half million, all these videos, testimony, all these things. Man, they weren't like, uh, they weren't saying, you know, murder anybody or Condemning, they're like, this is why I walked away from the Democratic Party. This is why I'm going to the public. They closed the group down. The other valuation, I believe they they got they, they shut down uh, Trump's uh, social media as well on Facebook. I didn't know I didn't know he had social media on Facebook. The other valuation they lost, from what I understood, fifty four billion dollars. Fifty four billion dollars. I think the stock came down six percent. Trump's an economy all unto himself. Ironically, it was interesting because a couple of days later, or a couple days ago, Facebook reactivated uh, Trump's account. You see, it comes down to it. They, they can talk about censorship all they want, whatever, but they're about making money. 
Well, the thing is, how do we get to this point? Now you have people running around this. I'm going to do a special show tomorrow because, again, in a couple of hours, President-elect Biden will be President Biden. He's talking about he's going to reverse policies on immigration. He's going to reverse policies on deportation, whatever. But he's also going to come into, I believe he'd be one of the first presidents, I could be wrong, correct me, first president's going to come into office without, without a lot of his, his uh, cabinet confirmed by Senate, by the Senate. It doesn't make a difference that, you know, it doesn't make a difference of what happens in reference to, oh, okay, the Senate's 50-50 and Kamala Harris now has uh, the, the split vote. It not make a difference. Because when it comes to a lot of the bills, you have to get, you have to get 60, you have to get 60 votes. Now, President Biden, President Biden is going to be, is going to be in a jam, play the field, because in two years, what's coming up? The midterms. How many seats did the Democrats lose when they're talking about defund the police? How they talking about white people? How many people? How many seats did they lose? Trump is the one. Is the is Trump hurt Georgia more more than Stacey Abrams helping Georgia? Maybe thousands of fly that night. Charlie Kirk show. That's horrible. I mean, you know, MSNBC those people back in the UK like watch it. I mean, I used to love watching the elections, see how they divulge and say this is a play. What I didn't like actually. This is actually been recently as well. What I don't like and didn't like was a lot of these shows had just men. There was no women. I don't care what ethnicity or whatever it may be. There was always men. Like, where were the women at? I don't want to hear Rachel, Rachel Maddow. I want to see people on the on the on the chart. That's you know putting it back and forth. It's like when you see these 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 uh, when they talk about uh, war or or whatever whatever they they get uh, all these men out there. Where's the women at? But that's another conversation we're talking about. Again, media perception. We sometimes have our own biases. So how do we get here? I want to read to you what I wrote down here in the description. You can check it for yourself and you see where I'm coming from. All right. Uh, War of the Words. On January 6, 2020, actually 2021, I got to correct that. My goodness, what, what am I thinking? It's been a lot. It's been, wait, wait, hold on for a second. All right, all right, all right. Let me correct this here. I put 2020. Oh, my goodness. I'll definitely be ridiculed if that's allowed to stand, right? So let me, let me update this thing here for you all. All right, here we go. All right, all right. All right, so anyway, so let's flow this with you all. I'm going to open up the chat in a few minutes as well. On January 6, 2021, a mob separated from a peaceful protest just from the U.S. Capitol. It was insanity to say it's guilty, and it was received with condemnation by people of all political persuasion. President-elect Joe Biden said in his speech in Wilmington, Delaware, quote, no one can tell me that if it had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed, it, that stormed the Capitol. I said, oh, my God, like, seriously? He didn't have all the information done yet. What was it? Was there much of thugs? Well, a couple of weeks earlier, he was talking about, I'm the president for everybody. Even if he didn't vote, now they're a bunch of thugs. People are going to say, well, you know, it goes back to, well, Trump's had this job. Oh, no, 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 no. First Lady Michelle Obama, who is making statements on her social media, which really is, it goes against the perception I had of her. She had, you know, I always thought she was about peace and love and, you, and being above. She was talking about go high, you know, when they go low, go high. But let me come back to this. If, if it was Black Lives Matter protesting, did he not say, well, he's in his bunker, you know, in the basement all the time, staying safe, which a lot of people right now don't have that luxury because they have to go to work. But did he not see what happened after the MAGA riot a couple weeks earlier in the same city? Did he say anything? And then Kamala Harris, she comes out and says the same thing. 
we saw before the world two different two different forms of justice. They're making it about race. It's the war of the words. It's about race. So let me continue here. Now we hear words of insurrection, white separatists, Nazis, white privilege. This detention centers becoming cages. Arnold Schwarzenegger comparing January 6, 2021 to the infamous Crystal Knock, Night of, the Bro- Night of Broken Glass, etc. So how do we get to this? And why aren't elected officials or media personnel like Rachel Maddow, Don Lemon, Bill Maher, Trevor Noah, and the rest using their platform to bring the American people together? President Trump's words have been dissected 24 hours a day, seven days a week since he's been elected. Words must unite, not divide. But media shares a lot of the blame for the level of toxicity of, in today's current political climate. So let's start at the beginning of this yellow brick road. Let's start in 1994 with Joe Biden's crime bill speech on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Now, remember, President-elect Joe Biden wants unity, yet he played into it as well. So now he wants unity. Well, what kind of unity? More importantly, do people even want to unify with another group of people that have been demonized for four years straight since the night Donald Trump was elected president? It's not too late to pump the brakes on this rhetoric, or is it? So let's talk. That's what the show's about. That's what I'm talking. That's what we've been talking about. Where do we go from here? Can't you know? It's like you, you know. It's like you can't you can't bomb a country for like four or five years. Turn around and say, okay, you know what? Um, we have peace and everything's fine. It's like those countries in Africa, you know, where you had a civil war, Liberia, whatever, Sierra Leone, whatever, blood diamond, or you know, and or South Africa. What happens that the people that wait, that are hurting the population, that are killing the population, rape, murder, and torture, and looting. Now they want to have a, a government of, of inclusion. They want to have the very people, I can't remember exactly what the words are saying, they want to have the very people that were causing the destruction, now they'll be part of the government. Like, you hacked off, you killed my mother two weeks ago, and now I'm supposed to be allied with you in a government of unity? Coalition government? Did they do that coalition government when they went to Iraq and, and broke up the Ba'ath Party, which was the strongest force in Iraq? And who do you think ended up becoming the insurgent? Members of the Ba'ath Party, the military. Look where we are right now. It is... I get, I, I don't want to use the word frustrated. I get so sad and despondent because I feel helpless because I remember this country has been through so much. 9-11, uh, the, 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 what's called, the uh, Oklahoma bombing, all kinds of things. And right now, media is just saying the flames. Don Lemon and old guys is just making jokes. Oh, I can't be friends with people who supported Trump. Well, then what does it say about you? I like my friends who have different ideologies. I don't care if we don't agree. I'm not into this, we agree, disagree. No, we, we disagree. So, okay, we can't be cool. One thing I like about policy debate that my kids do not talk to my kids today, my students, oh, Naomi, Tanya, Tanya's going to be dead. That, that girl, she doesn't realize how people she is. Or what have you with Israel, my law students, or what have you. Usually it's Israel, Naomi. Uh, who else cuts in the, in the conversation there was? Use those two. But they debate Samantha as well. But the one thing I, they all debated, the one thing I love policy debate is that uh, you have to debate both sides in policy debate. We do four rounds. Two rounds are, are, are asked where you are proposing a resolution to solve a problem. And then two rounds are next where you're the status quo arguing for resolution. You have to look at both sides. You, you have no choice. In moot court that I do with my law students, you know, they, they, they get assigned. You petition or you respond it. But they have to study both sides because they have to understand the argument of the other side. 
my sister Tina, her son got 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 his head blown off weeks ago. And I remember talking to her on the phone. She's as strong as women I know. And she was and she started breaking down crying. And you gotta catch yourself, but I caught it. And she was like, Where's the outrage when my son gets his head blown off by law enforcement, DA, AIDS, and then Where's the out where's the outrage? So does that make sense? Because the police are just committing heinous murder against black people. Are there unarmed black people that's being unjustifiably shot and murdered? Most definitely. Are they all in situations where they're they're, they're, they're health victims? No. The police are the police out of control. The whole lot of a lot of ethnic groups, whatever. But the narrative makes it seem like they're just targeting us. Well, if the, if the police are, are a bunch of white supremacists, how is it you have places like New York or in L.A. or whatever that are majority minority Latino? What did I say? I walk. I was yesterday in the street. I saw. I saw two your sisters, two black women. I think black. I'm black. I come through the window, walking down the street. I want to give them love. Like, hey, you know, thank you for what you're doing. We need you all here. But listen to the words. Go to these talk shows. This is what they're saying. The Republicans talk about MLK, and people are saying, "I'm going to do a very show. I'm going to do a very. It's going to be called contradiction and hypocrisy." The thing is, when President when President Biden becomes President Biden again, this is what's coming. We are four months out from summer. Kids won't be back in school. If the schools aren't open, you're going to have an issue. You have the you have the memorandum on eviction where you can't keep people out, keep people out. Okay, one month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months, seven months. Your rent is a thousand dollars a month. Now you're seven thousand dollars in debt. That debt doesn't go away. So now when they lift the rent, the eviction memorandum, you're gonna have these, these landlords saying, "Where's my money? Payment arrangements. Okay, time to pay up. Seven. Where do we get the money? So now bankruptcy courts are going to be overwhelmed. But there are people out there who can afford to pay the rent or are taking advantage of the situation, as it always tends to be. People who can do what they need to do are taking advantage of the situation so they can like benefit. You know, they just, you know, they don't want to pay no rent. They're making enough money, they can pay rent, and now they forget that the landlords have property tax, the landlords have mortgages, the landlord has expenses, the landlord has insurance. What about the landlords? So now what happens when it's time to pay up? Where's the people going to do that can't kick seven k? 8K, 10K, 11,000. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Where are they going to go? Now you're going to have people evicted. The homeless shelters are already filled up with people. I have one of my nieces is over is in one of them. I got to check on her tomorrow, see how she's doing. The thing is, I have, there are people right now who are struggling. I know some of my neighbors right now are behind their rent. Where are they going to go? On the street. And now you're going to have the homeless are going to increase. You're going to have kids aren't in school. You're going to have jobs. There are jobs that are, these jobs are not coming back. Andrew, Andrew Yang called this out months ago. There are jobs that are not coming back. Go to McDonald's, you walk in, how many, how many, how many machines do you see? In front of you. Right? So what time are we living in? Let, let, let me go back to something that, again, this impeachment of Donald Trump, whatever, 
I love, I, I love, I love Rishi. Uh, I think it's a Talib or Talib. I'm probably Talib. I might be talking, I'm not pronouncing it correctly. But her, Elmar, Alexandra Cortez, uh, Corey Bush, Ayanna Presley. They were supported by me by Justice for Democrats, co-founded by Young Americans. I used to watch to a place that I'm not aware of, but I want to find out what happened. They got elected. But like the young the young lady from Colorado, you know, they want to demonize her, but they, they would be long-time uh, term, long-term incumbents. They would defeat them. Supposed to come with a mandate of what we can do for the people. The leaves come from, I believe, Michigan, right? Not exactly sure what area in Michigan. Right? But they're struggling. Minnesota, I believe that's where Elmar representative. New York, where ALC, uh, ALC Alexander Cortez is with her people. Ayana coming from back in Boston. I can't remember the exact area, but I know the reason that's my hometown where I grew up and came to the States for the most part. Corey Bush, I believe she's coming from Missouri. They have a platform to come in and say, hey, we have to help our people because our people are struggling. Our people are dying. We need to do something. We have to figure out a way to make a change. We have to figure out a way to help the people because they are struggling. Huh. Well, a, a quite a, a quite a few things that happened since they got elected. Instead of when when Talib got when she found that she had won the election, let me get when she won the election. Let me give you a little clip of what she said that night that caused a lot of controversy. All right, this is her. I believe this election was uh, she came in 2018. I believe. And if I, if I forget, go on YouTube and look for the video where she, she crashes a Trump rally, I think in 2016, 2017, and she's dragged out. She's dragged out. So she has the fire there. But why is she not using it for her people in her district? Is the media not reporting it or she's not doing anything to report? So this is what she said uh, back in the day, uh, around 2018, after she first got elected to Congress. I cannot wait to inspire yet the next generation. I know in this room, I can feel it already, that you have the fire in your belly to run for office and not and be fearless about it. Be everything that you think you can be just the way you are. Don't let anybody. You know, people are like, Rashida, maybe you should put the bullhorn away. No. Maybe, 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 maybe you shouldn't wear those gym shoes everywhere. You know, or maybe jumping over those piles of gravel to trespass to get patrol and coke is not really a congressional thing to do. Well, I'll tell you that. Fuck that. We're going to do... Congresswoman 2018, Rashida, Rashida, I'm probably saying her name. 
That's what she said. The night she found out she won. She wasn't even in office yet. She didn't take that. I don't think she took the oath yet. And she thought we were going to impeach him. You see the agenda? It's all. It's always been there. And people are cheering and they're happy. You know, and you, if, you know, when you're another show, you know, I don't want, because after this show, I'm not interested in go. I don't want to go back and, you know, rehash, rehash. I want to move forward. I want to get back to my show. It's about life. My show is about advice. My show is about following your dreams. My show, my show is about creativity. I want to get back to that. I'm not interested in being a political, you know, platform. We can talk about it. You know, the issues come up, we'll talk about it. It is a very interesting. Y'all see that video of the girl in the American shorts twerking to I Have a Dream as a celebration for Black Lives Matter? Oh, my God. Man, well, go look for it on YouTube. I don't want to. But this is what she said. Pelosi avoided question in reference to what she thought about it. People are condemning it left and right. This is two years ago. And she comes back on the microphone and talks about racists. We have Cori Bush. I want to upload it, but I didn't get a chance to upload in time, calling President Trump uh, white supremacist in chief. You know that the uh, La Raza and a lot of our uh, Maldoff and a lot of congressional uh, Latino caucus, I think is what they call what have you, right? Do you know they call President, you know President Obama's nickname was? He deported more, immigrant, more illegal immigrants than anybody. This is what they call him. Did you see that, any, did you see that in the liberal media? You may see that. What do you think built those cages? Oh, no, I'm sorry. There were detentions. Remember, it's the war of the words. If you change the meaning of a word, you change the narrative. If you call something Black Lives Matter, you're not going to come out and say Black Lives Don't Matter. You're already putting the point. If you call someone a racist, no one wants to be called a racist. I mean, some people are proud of being a racist. There's this episode that Marjorie Tony showed me on, uh, on uh, Boondocks where the guy with the crazy eyes, whatever, whatever. I don't know anything about him, but my daddy hates black people. And I, the, apparently the episode was bad. Since I the episode, like this episode, that episode is so relevant today. I don't know why they want, they want to matter, but we're in this land of politically people, right? And these are racist. And he's proud to be a racist. He's not complaining. But there are people calling people racist. And the thing is, there was a scenario where you had an Anglo woman at a protest. You know, black people was with her, blah, 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 whatever. She walked up to a black police officer. And called the police officer nigger. Called him nigger to his face, or N-word, however you want to say it. To his face. This is an Anglo woman calling a black police officer the N-word, saying nigger. And we're all wondering, how come the black people around her didn't check her? What makes her so comfortable to be able to say that? What is going through her mind? How has she been indoctrinated to think that it's okay to take a race term and say that? I don't like black people using that word. I don't like rappers using that word. I don't like when I walk down the street in the store and I hear Latinos using that word. People trying to be cool and down with the cause using that word. I don't like when I hear Africans using that word. War of the words. If you change the meaning of a word, it can fit your narrative and it's half the battle. 60, one of my rock stars today was talking about how why well, I read somewhere that you know President Trump was separating the kids and all this kind of stuff. It was so traumatic. This had this staff for the kids who were young, whatever, whatever. And I said, I understand where you're coming from. And I understand that we're talking about the zero tolerance policy. But I said, where did you, you read that at? What's the whole situation? What resulted in those attention centers being built in the first place? When people, when President Obama was talking about his immigration policy, and a lot of people around was like, you don't want to make this announcement in reference to giving data and things like that. Because you got, I'm kind of like, I don't have the exact timeline outlined up, 
But you don't want to do something like that because what's going to happen is that you're going to have a swarm of people come across the board. It's like when they said, don't announce when you're going to withdraw the troops from Iraq, whoever it was, because you're going to let the, the enemy just going to wake you up. And he did it anyway. And then what happened, happened. The minute they stopped pulling troops out, the violence increased and they had to go back or they had to do a surge. Another one that they didn't really talk about. So when word got out, 60,000, I'm telling this to my students today, six, my losses, 60,000 unaccompanied minors came across the border. Now, I can't visualize 60,000, but no adults. And they were meeting people on the other side of the border in the States who were supposed to be their relatives, but there was no proof that they were relatives. They were breaking up trafficking rings of people pretending to be their relatives. And their attitude was, look, this is what's going to happen when you come here. President Obama said he built three or he built three offices in Central America, saying instead of taking that long journey up here, risking your life, you know, rape, murder, whatever, robbery, whatever, why don't you go apply for asylum or whatever at these places? They advertise it everywhere. They advertise it in Mexico during World Cup. A lot of Mexicans said, yeah, they saw the ad, but they were focusing on World Cup. Most people said they didn't want to do it. They did the, they did the hike anyway. Jeff Sessions, those guys said, if you come across the border, we will separate you. They told him that. They did it anyways. Am I endorsing the policy? No, I'm not. But how is it we're holding what, how are we, how are we holding the people responsible who did what they said they were going to do and not the people that put their children in harm's way? Why are they not responsible? Why are we not looking at the governments down there in Central America and say, look, we're giving all this foreign aid to you. What is going on? Why are you stealing it? Why not using it on the people? Why not find the gangs? Why not addressing uh, uh, poverty? There's another caravan of Hondurans coming to the United States, and right now they got to Guatemala. And the Guatemalans, you're not coming in. And they, they literally fought through the Guatemalans to come to the Guatemalan border security, national guard, to come into Guatemala. These are the Hondurans. And people want to say, well, look how racist the Guatemalans are. How, how are the Guatemalans racist? They might be xenophobic. That's different. Now they're on the way to Mexico. Mexico's like, don't come up here. We're not playing that nonsense. President Trump made an agreement with Mexico. Hey, you're going to stay across the border and you apply for asylum there because what happens when they get in the country is cash and relief. They get in, they have a court date. The court date five, six years from now, they're letting go. A lot of times they don't come back. They have, they'll get married, have some kids, you know, stay five, whatever, whatever. Then it's time to get deported. They run to a church, say, we don't want to go back. I think there was a family uh, recently, maybe like a little over a year ago, that was going to be deported back to Haiti. So they stay in the church for over a year. Okay, well, church is not supposed to get involved in the political process. So, okay, you, so, you know, President Trump and the crew, I think it's President Obama as well, but they said it's not a good optic to storm the church to drag somebody else. Okay, well, it's not a good optic for churches to get involved in political matters. Oh, you want to be a sanctuary city? Okay, fine. War of the world. You want to give sanctuary? Okay, fine. But the thing is, when you're giving sanctuary to undocumented or illegal immigrants, in fact, there's another example, war of the world. It was always illegal immigrants. They're illegally in the country. I'm an immigrant. I'm legally in the country. If you're not legally in the country, you're an illegal immigrant. But people will make, oh, you know, no person's illegal. Well, all you are. And they want to change the narrative. No, we just come on document. I'm not a documented immigrant. What kind of, now think about how that sounds, how they make me feel. I'm documented. Like, what? No, I'm a legal immigrant. I'm a, I, what, what, what? It's war of the words. We're changing the meaning of the words. So now we say, we throw the words. When Alexander Cortez, the, the congressman, compares the says the United States is now running concentration camps. And she says this with a straight face. That should tell you something. And a lot of my Jewish brothers and sisters are so offended when they hear that. Nazi, a lot of these people can't spell Nazis. 
they don't know the history of the, the rise of, of the Nazis. They don't understand. They don't understand how the ideology of Nazism, right, is aligned with critical race theory. Critical race theory has to do with, with, with identity politics based on the, the, the complexion of one's skin. What the Nazis did was they took the same theory. They actually had the theory and they made it about the superior race, Aryan, with Aryan, what it may be. I'm probably not that name incorrectly. War of the words. So how do we get here? Here's another example. Let's go back to what I played earlier. This when people are talking about, you know, Trump's presidency is being illegitimate. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. An illegitimate. An illegitimate. Illegitimate. He knows he's an illegitimate president. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. That's it. And we're going to be stuck for six more years with this guy. And that is terrifying. It's terrifying. Would you be my vice president for Canada? <laughs> Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. He did not win the election without help from Russia. You will see this. And he knows he's illegitimate. Every time you mention it, he freaks out. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. And uh, there's no doubt that the Russians did interfere in the election. And I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Uh, I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You do not consider him a legitimate president. Why is that? I, I think the Russians participated in helping this man get elected mm -hmm. and they helped destroy the candidacy of Hillary Clinton. The American people deserve to know whether Donald Trump is either A, a legitimate president, B, a Russian asset, C, the functional equivalent of an organized crime boss, or D, just a useful idiot who happens to have been victimized by the greatest collection of coincidences. He says in this new book just out today that the Russian attack did sway the election, that Donald Trump would not be president but for that attack. And he says the Trump campaign helped in the attack. It's going to send a big message to a lot of people in this country that you don't believe he's a legitimate president. I think there was a conspiracy on the part of the Russians and others to help him get elected. That's not right. That's not fair. I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day. And Right now, I think he's an illegitimate president of the United States. Why is he, he illegitimate? He just won an election. Uh, he would have to legitimize. He didn't win the general election, so he's got too many people against him. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. And President Trump's supporters had to hear that. We're going to talk about a few other things. I want to get outside of politics for a moment. President Trump's supporters heard that for four years. That's Senator, that's Senator Hillary Clinton. That's the late, great John Lewis. 
that's awesome. Jimmy Carter, I love him with the president. He was set up, you know, by the Ayatollahs when it came to the hostage prices. We saw that, how that played out. That's John Lewis. This, this guy walked with King. And he's saying the Russians help. And the media played in. Rachel Maddow? I used to dig her show back. I heard that she's a combo collector. I was like, yo, okay, check her out. And she's saying the exact same thing. The book says this. And you know what happened to the Mueller investigation? They found no proof of it. Yet when you bring up the Dominion voting machines, why are you using proprietary software? You don't have to reveal that how it works. How is it at one night President Biden, President like Biden gets 100,000 more votes? People are asking those kind of questions, but you bring it up, oh, you don't be talking about conspiracy. But now there's a conspiracy that the the, the, the Congresswoman from Colorado gave gave an gave an inside information, gave a tour to people to set it up to take the Capitol. Where we tragically lost a life. The brother's the brother's name escapes through the police officer who was hit over the head by some. The, the, I hope they get the person and he's prosecuted to the he or she is prosecuted to the max. I'm talking about triple life. These guys aren't just doing their jobs. When I see security place, when I see security people, whatever, they're not armed. They're not exactly in the best shape, whatever it may be, but they're just there doing a job. What? I'm, I'm trying to get emotional. What possesses a person to take a fire hydrant and hit somebody in the head who's just doing their job? On top of that, a veteran. If you're out there listening, are you proud? Are you happy? Are you are you are you proud of what you did? You know what I mean? It's how did we get to this point, people of the world? How did we get to this point? A guy died. A woman died. And then I'm going to put some images in, my, in the, uh, the slideshow. A woman died. She got shot through the window. Now, of course, the guy's under investigation. Why? Because they want to know, well, why did you shoot her if she was like about 20 feet away? Well, she's coming through the window. But she was 20 feet away. Now, the very people who were saying the police officers shouldn't shoot, shoot somebody who's in a distance are the very people who are, who are saying that woman deserved to get shot. You know what was one of the coolest thing I saw? He's getting hailed as a hero. Is the, again, I, I should have had the names. I apologize. I'll probably put the images in the, in the description, or I'll probably put the images, not the images, uh, I mean, a link. I'm going to link some stuff in here for y'all so you can go look for yourself. So you don't think I'm editing stuff, whatever. Is the guy who was confronted by the mob with the gun. And he, he's like, yo, I will shoot. He's, he's by himself. Of course, someone puts a picture that says, yes, this black man is the only thing between a, a white racist mob and, the, and, and democracy. Again, the words, how do you know they're racist? They had a Confederate flag. Okay, does that mean they're racist? I was watching Dukes of Hazard. You know, me, me and my crew, my generation, we was watching Dukes of Hazard. We were like, yo, we, we, were, we were more focused on Daisy and her poom-poom shorts, the Daisy Duke, than the, the Confederate flag on the General League. We were like, yo, I don't care. Like, okay, whatever. But look what's happening now. Look what's happening now. Right? A guy, people died. She got shot. And the sad thing, people of the world, is that when I post, when someone put up, when I saw Tucker Carlson's comment about it, people, I just put up there, I just, all I wrote was, apparently she was a veteran. She was a 14 year veteran of the Air Force. We did four years. I'm a post responder. We did four years of active. We did a four year, did four tours, I think in Iraq or whatever. X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. You should have seen the responses. Now, I screen captured them and post them up. On my slide, so I don't think there's a there's a, 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 minimum, a minimum of what I can put up there. I screen captured them. You can see their names. They essentially said she had a coming. They essentially said, well, you know, she shouldn't have been there. Oh, you know, she was a marine. Well, you know, she's a traitor. 
Oh, he knows she's an insurrectionist. Okay, she's a part of Trump. These folks really thought to them, they heard for four years that their president, that they voted for, was illegitimate. You heard the thing. But let me get off this thing about the war of the words in reference to politics. Let me go a little something. Let me show something, a little clip here. I believe, I don't know if I have the whole thing here. It has to do with Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, when she's attacking white men in Hollywood back in 2019. All right? So it might be a few minutes long. It's too long, it's going to cut it. As you all know, there's a new Marvel movie coming out, Captain Marvel, with the main star being Brie Larson. But let's not talk about the movie Captain Marvel. We'll take a look at the movie star Brie Larson. She's been creating a lot of controversy lately. She's actually a good actress, and she may even be good as a Captain Marvel, but she's definitely not good at promoting the movie. Because a lot of comic book fans are starting to hate her. And the reason why was because she attacked movie critics, but not just any movie critics. She specifically attacked white movie critics, saying that the overwhelming majority of the movie critics are old white men. The story is that there was a movie called A Wrinkle in Time and that movie got pretty bad reviews from the critics. Currently it has 42% on the Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously Brie Larson liked this movie and she thinks the movie got bad reviews because the majority of the movie critics are old white men and that a movie like A Wrinkle in Time isn't made for them. But it's not just the critics who didn't like the movie. The audience also didn't like the movie. At the previously mentioned site Rotten Tomatoes the movie currently has a 27% audience score and on IMBD it has a 4.2 rating which is pretty bad. Talk about something that's really important to me. I'd like to bring to light an aspect of our industry that has risen to the surface in the last week. It's an issue that's been bubbling since like really the whole time, but this issue has a solution that each one of us in this room can participate in. So earlier this week, USC Annenberg's Inclusive Initiative released findings that 67% of the top critics reviewing the 100 highest grossing movies in 2017 were white males. Less than a quarter were white women and less than 10% were unrepresented men. Only 2.5% of those top critics were women of color. So you're probably thinking right now like, wow, that super doesn't represent the country that I live in and that's because that's true. This is a huge disconnect from the US population breakdown of 30% white men 30% white women, 20% men of color, and 20% women of color. So why does that matter? Why am I up here giving you statistics when I could be spending this time talking about my publicist? Um, Lindsay, who I love, and thank you so much for bringing Jesse up here and making me super emotional while I rattle off percentages of people. On top of all of this, am I saying that I hate white dudes no, I'm not. But what I am saying is, is that if you make a movie that is a love letter to women of color, there is an insanely low chance a woman of color will have the chance to see your movie and review your movie. But that doesn't matter for Brie Larson, because in her mind, older white men can't enjoy certain movies, which is a pretty stupid thing to say, because saying that all white men are the same and that all white men enjoy the same thing, the same movies, is, in all honesty, a pretty racist thing to say. But that's what the modern left is all about, attacking the white men and blaming all the problems in the world on white men, calling for more diversity in all industries, which in reality just means less white men. But we'll see what kind of reviews Captain Marvel will get, because in the past we saw some movies with more leftist themes got really good reviews, even though these movies aren't that good. For example, movie Black Panther currently has a 97% on the Rotten Tomatoes, even though it was a pretty average comic book movie. The exact same thing can be said 
said for movies like Wonder Woman, which again was an average comic book movie, but it had a feminist theme in it. It has a 93% on the run. So we're going to end it there. But again, it's time to We're at a point where if a movie bombs, oh, it's white men's fault. If a movie's not any good, oh my God, it's like toxic, it's toxic masculinity. If, if no one likes it, oh, okay, that's because, you know, the, the haters are out there. They don't like a black stormtrooper. Who's terrible? You get, like, man, you get a thousand messages on a on a platform, and five say, we don't like Sam because he's black, whatever it may be. And also become haters, trolls out there are hating a black stormtrooper. It's the world of words. How do we get to this point? So Brie Larson is like, she keeps forgetting that the people, who do you think? It's not. Who do you think is is the people? The uh, who do you think is a group, a large group of the people that bring these girls to see all younger kids, like these girl boys, or that maybe you know the, the the young the young the youth. Who do you think brings them to these movies where they have to have an adult? White men, including white women. But now I come, I look at Al Jazeera. I got to do the screen capture. I look at Al Jazeera. They're talking about our white men. Our white men uh, dangerous in the United States. This was an Al Jazeera a couple of days ago. It's almost it's turning into tabloid media that that station. This was a topic. A white man, you know, let me let me break down something from the last census. Anglos, including white Hispanics, you know, those who I guess came off the bottom of Anglo that may be, they're 77% of the United States population. Black people are 13%. I believe our Latino brothers and sisters, I believe they're about 15%. I could be a little off off that, whatever. As my brother Tope said. It's not white supremacy, it's white majority. The people, like the Cory Bushes of the world of Missouri, and I put it on my Twitter, I'm not saying that I didn't hear what I didn't say then. They sound like, they sound like the white South Africans under the court during the height of apartheid over there in South Africa. If white supremacy is so prevalent, Cory Bush, how did you get elected? If the United States the United States is so based on, on racism and, and white supremacy and white nationalism. How did President Obama get elected twice? Twice. If, if, if this country is so against the melanin content, we understand that there's racist people. We understand there was a system in place called Jim Crow back in the day. Dismantled. People want to say the loophole of the 13th Amendment. Slavery shall be abolished, enslavement, whatever they be, except in the case of, of imprisonment. Okay, fine. We have all these people running around who got free from slavery, whatever. Now, we, how are we going to make some money? Well, we need some, we need some free labor. You know what? They have to commit, they committed a crime. Let's write laws that they, that's like crimes that they, we know they're going to break, put them in jail, and now we can put them right back on the plantation that they got free from. And we get our free labor again. Maybe get like 20, maybe get like 10 cents an hour. But we're making $100 an hour, $50 an hour. My, 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 my law students talk about that up. I love my law students when we roll those information. How they think deeply. Well, the thing when it comes down again is what, what are we talking about? Well, you know, again, you see, she's talking about, we, we're speaking, we're, see, we're, speaking we're, we're preaching to the choir. But I'm like, okay, we got reelected, we reelected you twice, we don't have no money, we don't have no job. My students are going to school. What are you doing for us? But what they do is they're so – you know what I think – what my, my feeling is? What's going on, Marcus? I have Marcus again from Florida. What's happening? Want to call in? Give us a call. 563. I should do it earlier. 563-999-9999. Five, five, nine, nine, nine. 
for nine seconds. I'll probably do live chat over there on YouTube sometime. I don't really like I don't like vlog talk because you know I don't feel constrained reference to why I might get demonetized or channel might be deleted, you know. As long as you know you don't come on the show and you're like talking about murder or assassination coup d'etat, everything's cool. But I like listening to other podcasts. You have that freedom. I think her name is Megan Keller. I can't think her name is. I love her. I, love, I definitely love her interviews. I'm definitely subscribe to her podcast. I want to listen to her more. But how do we get to this point? You can say, okay, sorry, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a Trump supporter. You know, I had that happen. My brother called me. She asked me to ask like a Trump supporter. That really hurts. That really hurts. Because I wouldn't choose between Biden or, or Trump. And I, was, I said that was, that was a cop out. And I'm the oldest brother. That really hurt because I would figure he would not not to ask that question. I was talking to a friend of mine a, long, a little while ago. Are you Trump supporting? But I said something about the riots, whatever. The, you know, the siege of the Capitol. I saw another friend a couple of days ago. Are you, you know, do you support Trump? And I asked, I asked the question, why are you asking that question? Well, do you? And I asked him, why are you asking that question? I always wanted to know, it wasn't about trying to evade the answer. Because like I told my brother, I didn't really care who got elected. It was Biden, Trump, whatever. Who's going to be best for our country? Who's going to be best for the people? Who's going to be best for the DRC? Everybody says they're friends of Israel. I never hear no one say the friends of the African continent or the African or any African country. These are black people. Rashid Tlaib was up there and she was talking about, I remember one thing that really stood out to me is when she, you know, she wanted to go visit her mother back in, I think it was her grandmother, whoever, back in, uh, in Palestine. I could, I could have it incorrectly. And she, the Israelis didn't want to give permission to the last minute to give permission to go see her. She said, screw that. I'm going to go, see, I'm going to go visit her because you gave me permission. I should go see her when I feel like seeing her. Where's that one? But all they do is, you know, now, now they come out and they talk about it's racist. This. Well, how do you, you're the first Muslim person, I believe, from her district. I don't think she's the first Muslim woman. I think uh, Ilmar came. And I actually was digging Ilmar when she's coming up through the ranks. But she's changed. On 9-11, somebody did something to the United States, like seriously. Then she does an interview with some person that says the United States deserve 9-11. This is what she said. We use these words are became these words are inflammatory and they're hurting people. People are getting murdered. David Dorn, the black police officer's murder was streamed live on Facebook. Where was the condemnation? Where was the outcry? Where was the marking? When people marked in regards to his death, I think maybe 20 people showed up. Black Lives Matter made 10 point, I think 10 billion authority since George Floyd's death. Jack, the Black Lives Matter, the organization has made 10 billion dollars. 10 billion. How many black companies have they saved? How many small black entrepreneurs have they helped out? No, they're getting, you know, the, the one that's the teacher at Cal State LA, she, she signed a movie, I think it was Warner Brothers a couple of weeks ago. People don't get, they don't, they don't get a, um, production deals like that left and right, but they gave her one. And she's still over there, you know, she's over there marching over there in front of Garcetti's. We don't want you getting the right, we don't want you getting the job over there in Biden's administration or Black Lives Matter. Biden still hasn't sat down with us. Why should he? It wasn't like you ride the boat. Don't elevate yourself to a position that you're not. What are you doing for the community? Our community needs you. If we're 13%, if we're, if we're barely 13, uh, Ayanna Presley was talking about the death penalty. Whether you're for it or not, that's your flow. She's talking about the death penalty. And she says, uh, the death penalty, 40% of the people on death row are, are uh, even though they're black, even though black people are, 40% of the, black, of the people on death row are black people, even though they barely, they're, they're only a little less than 3% of the population. Okay, I understand that. It can be different, but people say that's racist, that's racist, that's racist. 
So I put up a tweet. I'm not going to disrespect my sister. Because once Debbie removed me when she had the issue with her hair, I can't put up the work, and she shaved it bald. That was a big statement to a lot of people because in the culture, <clears throat> a lot of people have this issue with hair. And I, just, I was like, yo, that's what's up. Reminds us from Scandal, they want to watch the show. Reminds us from Scandal, I believe, I saw a clip where she went home. She took off the wig, all that kind of stuff. It was very moving among the sisterhood. But then I saw, saw that tweet that said 40% of the people on death row are people, are black people, even though they're 30% of the population. I put up a tweet saying, black people are, are, are a little less than 30% of the U.S. population, but are, consistent, but are committing 54.7% of the homicides in the United States. Now you look at Why do they ignore that? What is, why is that happening? Why are we saying that's okay? <laughs> Why are we not marching in front of these, these, these labeled the gang members of that and saying, you need to go? It's funny when you see gang members and black people, whatever may be in the community, protest against the police, but the very people who are committing the crimes and the murders and the homicides, whatever, in their community are marching up against the police, and you want to defund the police and how that work out. Look around, go through your own research. Do you remember the wording, defund the police. We even President Obama said you shouldn't say that. You know, that's what was called the election. Other people say you shouldn't have said it. And what happened? No, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. You know it worked. AOC, they don't know how to use social media. That's why they lost the Democratic seat. Okay, well, she has her Green New Deal merchandise. How much money is she donating to the cause? She's over there saying we're doing fundraising for the cause. We're doing fundraising for the people over there in my, in my constituents, my district. Okay, but how come you pushed out Amazon so they couldn't get a job? Because they were getting some you know, tax breaks from New York. Okay, so was that more important than your constituents having a job where they can make money? Especially leading up to Christmas time where they're always hiring people. No. So right now we're just sitting we're just sitting back begging, waiting for these leaders to argue between six hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars. What's that gonna mean when you when you're eight thousand dollars behind in rent? And at the same time, look at the war of the words. Everybody headed Jeff Bezos until the Capitol uh, census. And then I'll get to uh, we'll get to AOC later on. You know, at some, at one point Jeff Bezos made nineteen million dollars an hour. Right now the richest person in, in the world is um is uh, our a fellow African brother, uh, Elon Musk. Mark Zuckerberg can give a million dollars to every person, every person in the United, every person in the United States, and he'll still have like seventy-five billion dollars left. We're down here fighting for pumps because the people that are making one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year, even though it might be less than some executives, are they're arguing back and forth. They want to impeach a president two years early before it happened, but there's no evidence. And now they're talking about we're going to impeach you like Matthew Paul. He's up there with a little, with a little signature book. Pushing it, moving it back and forth as though she signed the, 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 it was like the T6, it was like the surrender agreement with Japan after World War II, the Treaty of Versailles. They're going, they want, they, they want to destroy this guy. You know why? Because they're afraid of him. And then, you know, so, so, so I have a chat here from uh, Sarah over there in Utah. Sarah's going on, and she wants to know: Is it true that what they said? She goes, "What about when Trump doesn't condemn uh, white supremacists and stuff like that? Is it true?" Because and I'm reading what she said. She goes, "You mentioned something before that you had played a clip. Can we hear that again?" In reference to white supremacy. Yeah, that's no problem. Definitely rock it, please. So you can check it out. Because a lot of people, that's another issue. It's the media, I don't control the media. The media is going to the media is going to say what they is what they're going to say. They're going to paint the picture for people to believe what they want to believe. And the people who are smart in the game, not all liberals believe what's being said. Not all conservatives believe what's being said. No. So I can definitely do that. But let me get that for you here. Yeah, here we go. This is for you, Sal. I hope you're doing well. And Sal, I hope you're being safe out there, all right? It's really crazy out there. How do you feel about the recent endorsement from David? 
I didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay? I totally disavow the Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. I've been doing it now for two weeks. This is your probably about the 18th person that's asked me the question. Uh, David Duke is a bad person who I disavowed on numerous occasions over the years. If he said on Friday, I disavow, why ask him again on Saturday? I'm saying to myself, how many times do I have to can you continue to disavow people? And the question was asked about David, group, David Duke and various groups. When I put out that I reject the KKK and David Duke, nobody picks it up. You know why they're not? Because they don't want to pick it up. I disavowed him on Friday. I disavowed him right after that because I thought if there was any question, and you take a look at Twitter, almost immediately after on Twitter and Facebook, they were disavowed again. I disavowed him every time I speak to somebody virtually, and, you know, they just keep it going. They keep it going. You go, Sarah. I hope you're staying safe out there, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not coming out to Trump support. I'm not coming to Biden either or Biden support or Trump. I'm not. I'm just for the, the war of the words. We're just, we're at each other's throat because we're throwing names. I don't even know you. Someone, someone defended me on Twitter because someone said that's mighty. I made a comment and someone said it's mighty racist of you. And this young lady responded to this person saying, you know he's, you know he's Congolese. A, a person's people are just throwing those words on it like it's nothing. So if everything's racist, you know, the thing I was from over at, uh, Something X at Boston University, if you remember his name, he's a, a scholar on, I don't know what a scholar on racism is. That's what it is. It's like those, it's like those African experts that can't solve a problem. But what does that mean? Right? He's over there at Boston University and he has the, he's an anti racist. Okay, well, what does that mean? Everybody should be against racism. So why are you, I'm very leery of people that, that publicly label themselves anti racist, right? Anyway, he said, you know, he uh, Justice Comey, is it Comey? Yeah. Um, the young lady just got a on to the Supreme Court. Colonizers, colonializer. Put that, put this, put this in the press. Colonizer because she has her little black children. He was saying some despicable things. And one of the congressmen actually asked her about. One of the senators asked her about that after the kids left the room to hit the confirmation hearing. Where was the pushback? And then his argument was, when people condemned him. Well, people don't. If people are condemning just because they don't understand what I'm saying. How come he didn't lose his job? This, this UMass Amherst, this lady, this uh, black woman put Black Lives Matter, and this other lady put, uh, you know, All Lives Matter, and the black lady was a human resource, and I was going this lady working here. So they fired that. They fired the angle lady. And she, because she didn't want to give, she wanted to give ammunition to those that could use probably to support Trump, she didn't want to say anything. She got fired because she put All Lives Matter. People are getting fired because they make comments reference to Black Lives Matter. People are getting fired because they make these comments a reference to, uh, uh, if you if people are getting fired because they rightfully so because they were at the march, but how many people are losing the jobs made when they were riding? Go online. I'll post I'll post a link to one of the videos. I'll see if I can upload it. Go online. See the videos of destruction going across the country. People marching, going to parking lots, destroying cars. Of people, the people, of people that are at work. The war. The war. How do we get to this point? You know what's going to happen. Summertime's coming. People are going to have no jobs, no place to go, no income, no home. No education, nothing. Who do you think they're going to turn on? They won't be able to blame Trump. Trump made money for a whole lot of people. Yeah, people, yeah, relatives come out writing books on Trump. They made money. Well, Moroso had no problem being in administration. He came out wrote a book on Trump. Made money. All these people are making money off of him. Don Lemon, those guys are joking about their Nazis. And, okay, check it out.
I believe President Trump got like 60 million to vote the first time. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. He lost because, you know, here we got the popular vote. So now the Democrats are talking about getting rid of the electoral college. You know, who do you think brought the filibuster? The Democrats. See how it comes back? Every time the Democrats, the Democrats want to change something, it comes back and haunts them. Who do you think brought the filibuster? It was the Democrats. And now they, they lost the election. Now they want to get rid of, they want to get rid of the electoral vote. Tax the courts. Well, they can't, they'll, they'll never get that with the Supreme Court. It'll never happen because if they pull something like that, they're finished in 2022. They're finished in 2024. They're done. If you want to say, yeah, we saw it. I remember uh, the uh, McCain, I believe she's on The View, wanted to ask Warnock. We want to get that election on there. Ask Warnock about packing the court. And that's, again, if I wish I had the clip, I'd play it for you all. I apologize. And Whoopi Goldberg cut her off. And then she had this attitude of, like, disgust. She had the audacity to question this guy. Thank you, sir, for coming on my show. I'm like, why don't you just let the lady answer the, ask the question? Why you cut her off? She wants to know what you know about packing the court. This is what we do. This is what's happening. So President Biden has his job cut out for him. He really does because right now we're at this point where no one's listening to each other. President Trump, I believe, got 60 million votes the first time, and then he got 74 million votes the second time. You think that in Van Jones over there crying about it, saying we wanted a, 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 a repudiation of of Trumpism, of rhetoric, blah, blah, blah. And then Biden wins. You see character matters, blah, blah, blah. You see the narrative? Instead of saying, so nearly half the people voted for the other guy. And then what happened, you see the war of words when people said, they did a poll and said, if the Biden report on Hunter Biden had came out earlier, before the election, 17% of the voters would not have voted for Biden. They would have voted for Trump or maybe one of the other candidates. Biden would have lost. Oh, that's not true. And why why did Twitter suppress the story from the New York Post, Facebook as well? Why did it suppress it? And then after the election, it became true. Why is it President Biden, President like Biden, didn't want to address that? Think about that. Dominion machine. They said it. It's going to be a long time before we get the counts. It's going to be a long time before we know who won. And it's proprietary software. No one knows how the software runs. It's weird how back in the day we didn't really have these issues. except with the chat. Now the more technology. Stacey Abrams down there, right? She's supposed to be the kingmaker. Right? She was talking about voter suppression. You know, I what the words again, voter suppression. What is voter suppression? How is it okay to go to a person's house saying, we want to register you to vote, fill out this information, paper, blah, blah, blah. But yet, is voter suppression or disenfran- disenfranchising when you go to the same house and say, we need to get an ID so you can vote in the election that you registered to vote in? You would think about the words. They registered thousands of people. That was okay. But then if they go and say, okay, we just want you to make sure you have oppression because, you know, you know, black people may have issues, you know, with going back generations that they have not needing ID. Well, you need an ID to drive. You need an ID to open a bank account. But as well as oppression, again, listen to, the, listen to the words. You can hate Trump. You can love Biden. You can love, you can love Kamala. You can hate Kamala, whatever. People, we're at the stage why we're at the point where, not you specifically, but if you know what you are, you know who you are. Why are we at the point that if you say a particular word, it triggers something. Because the media shows that. This lady in the, in the clip said, President Trump is an illegitimate president. You know what she was talking to? Joe Biden. Did Joe Biden correct her? No, he did. He says, do you want to be my vice president? He said, this guy's going to be an office. and my God, he's illegitimate. You heard the clip. He, she said it to President Joe Biden, or President Biden, or candidate Biden at the time, directly. He didn't, he didn't, he, he, he didn't challenge that. But now you want to you want to condemn uh, sister uh, sister Michelle Obama comes out and says, 
all you are, they voted for Trump, you voted for hate, you voted for this, you voted for a Nazi, you're racist. All, Janelle, Manelle, uh, Janelle Monet, who I loved because she was about peace and love and all that kind of stuff. Now she put the middle finger up talking about all oh, y'all can burn, burn, burn. Go look, go look on Twitter. You can see it's fine. So I'll post up here as well. People call them racist and crackers. Oh, okay, Trump's gone. So people want, because people want to have a mission. They want to make it start to be got rid of Hitler. Where's the concentration camps? Where's the blitzkrieg? He did things in Israel. He did things in the Middle East. His first death act. Pardoning people from prison, you know, commuting sentences and stuff like that, whatever. He messed up with COVID. He messed up with COVID. Everybody knows that. He should have came out like it was. He should have came out like it was like it was like it was like it was Armageddon. He messed up with that. But before people start putting the blame on him, why don't you go talk to Governor Cuomo and ask him why he put all those COVID positive elderly back in the nursing homes? And next, you know, you saw a wave of death in the assisting assisting nurse nursing homes, whatever. And even when you ask him, he gets upset. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't even want to reveal the number of people that died. This, this is Governor Cuomo, where apparently some people, I guess, are you know, rumors that people are afraid of him or something like that, whatever it may be. He's a bully. Well, why not? When you forget how many people didn't have to die in New York. Remember, Robert Klaps ordered a million masks from Israel and then shipped them from Boston down to New York. Remember, Governor Cuomo was the one that said the National Guard aren't the military. Well, now there's 25,000 of them. And the people that, that, that now they want to say, well, we got rid of 12 people because they have a, they're aligned with rhetoric online. So now, let me feel like this for those who, who are loving the, the witch hunt of all the Republicans and the Trump supporters. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're winning the battle, but you're losing the war. Let me tell you what's happening in society. We don't get to a place where we can have a general conversation. We don't get to a place where we can have a conversation. Even at one point, Things are just going to get worse because summertime is coming. And y'all know how it tends to get. For those that know, those of you have a long time, you know how summer tends to get. Remember, you have students, my students have been online learning for almost 10 months now. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. December, almost a year now online. So all these 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 pundits, they wanna they wanna you know the Whoopi Goldberg, the View and all these people, and the Don Lemons and the Trevor Noah who comes out and makes these comments about President Trump and whatnot. Why don't he come out and inspire? Yeah, you know uh, this country is so what is so, so racist that Trevor Noah makes a, you know he bought a, a 27.1 million dollar house in Bel Air. I think he makes like 40 mil a year. That's what I heard. What's his platform? But yet he heard well President Trump said the shit. Yes, I heard him say that. But where's the video? Someone said he said it, and people just come to conclusions. But we're, we're going down a dangerous path. It's like beginning Tupac, and people are saying, yo, you need to end this nonsense. And people said they realized their mistake after they were both dead. A lady didn't want, a lady moved, one uh, on the YouTubers, she moved to a place, and the people didn't want a person that was in the military and trained the police as a neighbor. Because what the media shows. I talked to my students today. I said, how is, when you talk about immigration, who they portray? She goes, Mexican. Because she's, she's Mexican. And I said, why do you think that is? And she got quiet. I said, because it's a narrative. They don't show me. I'm an immigrant. They don't show others. They show Mexicans. They show Latinos. It's the media presenting now. So if I'm in Utah or if I'm in some place where there's not really a lot of Latinos, my perception of legal immigrants is, is, is Latino. President Biden, uh, uh, Joe Biden says he's a, uh, within the first day he's going to like reverse immigration policy. Okay, go ahead. Do your thing. He wants to give a path to his Spent a lot of money, spent a lot of time, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears 
to do it the right way of the laws of the United States. You think they're not going to remember that? You want to demonize? You would, President Trump got 14 million more votes than he did the first time. And everybody knows if it wasn't for uh, you think people weren't afraid with him? Like, or anything like that? Are you, are, are you sure? Because some, you know, some people say, well, that's not true. Oh, okay. This is what Hillary Clinton said the night of the election before they even tied the vote to find out who won. So we've got to have a massive legal operation. I know the Biden campaign is working on that. We have to have poll workers, and I urge people who are able to uh, be a poll worker. We have to have our own uh, teams of people to counter the, the force of intimidation that the Republicans and Trump are going to put outside polling places. This is a big organizational challenge, but at least we know more about what they're going to do. And, you know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. Oh, so Joe Biden shouldn't concede. This is before the the election locality won. This is what she said. She was already convinced Trump was going to win. But shouldn't concede, but when, when Trump doesn't want to concede, but look at the, again, it's the words. Don't let the individual look at the words. She made the basis claim, false, blah, blah, he needed to concede, he needed to concede. Why? Well, Hillary did it. Yeah, she conceded, you know, she gave an eloquent speech that was smooth. And then before years, she was, she was like saying he was like a, a Russian asset. Rachel Maddow, you know, Hollywood couldn't believe because, you know, Hollywood, you know, thinks their importance is more than it really is among the people. But it's the people, real people, like my, you know, yourself or myself or our friends or our neighbors who are struggling and suffering out there with this pandemic. So this war of the words, what, what has it really done but divide us? Half, of, nearly half of the vote, remember Biden only got like 51%, and people have had some issues with that. He only got half of the vote. And instead of looking at what, what has been going on with people, what is our role in these people during the siege, they want to say it's Trump's fault. Mitch McConnell coming out saying, Trump, see Mitch, Mitch McConnell, his establishment. President Obama wasn't really establishment, but then he kind of became the establishment. Trump definitely wasn't establishment. He just was addicted to Twitter. <laughs> he needed to chill with that nonsense. So where do we go from here, people? Say, for example, you know, you, you apply for a job, and you didn't know the person was a Trump supporter, the executive, or a conservative, or whatever. And they do a, they do a search of your Twitter page, your, your Twitter feed, and they see some of the comments you make. You think you'll get the job? A lot of people don't understand what goes around comes around. You're, you're enjoying this censorship of closing accounts and people shutting down parliament, people like that stuff. It's plain and open. You want to talk about you fought against fascism, but you're seeing it right now in front of you. You're against censorship, but you're seeing it right in front of you. This is not going to end well if we don't pump the brakes on this nonsense. We have to break. We, 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 because what's going to happen that those 74 million, they're not going anywhere. And if anything, with this rhetoric, people are creating more of them. You remember Vietnam with what was happening. And it got to the point where, okay, well, you're supposed to be fighting for us, but more of us are dying because of your fight. So we want to get rid of you. You think that's 74 million? But, you know, Tim Pool made a statement with the opium, with the opium crisis that people are dying in the flyover states. And now a lot of people that don't like these policies and these democratic states are moving to other states. And then, but the problem is that they're going in the same pods that they left. California, we'll talk about California later on. 
I have millions of followers. I'll make 20 million a year. And I don't have a new show on NBC or whatever it may be, this, that, this, that. I like, I just doing my show here because I want someone out there to figure out some way so we can unite it. Whether it's in our country, the United States, whether it's in the United States or in Africa, a country in Africa, a country in Southeast Asia, a country in the Middle East, a country in Latin America. Come so looking, you know, I'm definitely going back to talk what's happening around the world. I'm seeing this conflict all over the place. So, until next time, enjoy the inauguration. For those in other countries, I'm watching. We're going to talk about you as well: India, Latin America, Mexico, South Africa, Angola. We'll get back to that. Y'all stay safe out there. Make sure you know, you know, do what you need to do. Definitely take care of your mental health. Definitely make sure that you have a peace of mind. Remember, you have to come first for anything else. Then you take care of your own health. Then you can help other people. SKD, live and direction, live, live and direct. I'm done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.